Hello, everybody. On tonight's show, it's all about the West Coast Conference, including impact transfers, key returning players, and a little buy or sell with my broskies in basketball. On a day when the Dolphins scored 70 points against the Broncos, a number usually good enough to beat Rick Barnes' Tennessee Volunteers on a nightly basis. Recording live from somewhere, this is One and Done. Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends. Brought to you by DrRoto.com. It's time once again for everybody to come aboard that Green Screens Media Train. Welcome to One and Done, powered by DrRoto.com. I am your humble host. My name is Jay Heinrich, the conductor of the aforementioned green screens media train. You can find me on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at Dr. William Cannon. And let's get right to El Capitan himself. He is the captain of the green screens media ship. Follow him on X at MC Holland 34, the OG Money Mike. That is Mr. Mike Holland. What it do, baby? Yo, I'm here. I'm alive. You know, we took some some time away so I could uh, heal up from some of the sickness I've been dealing with. But uh, I saw Eric and uh, Jamie Calandro the other day on the uh, DFS uh, football guys show. And uh, yeah, he, he battled through his flu game there, old Jamie there. So I, I figured I got to do my best impression to get that done. So, hey, I got some got some interesting news dropping here coming on Tuesday. A new article. Yes, this one's already been submitted. Uh, so check it out. It's five power five sleepers in college basketball. It's going to focus on teams that aren't necessarily going to be picked to finish very high in the power five conference standings, but that are going to make some noise and potentially make the tournament. We dealt four of the five teams last year. We had NC State, Penn State, Arizona State, and Missouri. They all went on to make the NCAA tournament. The one we did miss was Oklahoma, who was left out, unfortunately, due to a tough Big 12, even though their Ken Palm ranking uh, could have suggested otherwise. So, Look forward to that on Tuesday, along with all of our great work that we're doing. We're doing a lot of NFL uh, content, uh, but college basketball is rapidly approaching. A tough Big 12, and the fact that the Big 10 somehow got 47 teams into the tournament and only one got to the second weekend. But that's neither here nor there. What is here, who is here, is last in the intro tonight. But, of course, first in your hearts. You can find him in those Twitter streets, at Fantasy Nav. He is the baron of bread of Green Streams Media. That's Eric Romop. What's happening? Man, have a damn day, boys. We are finally here doing our spotlight conference previews with the WCC tonight. And this is a conference that we we got pretty uh, up close and personal with over the course of the offseason. We interviewed four of these nine head coaches uh, really about a month or so after the, the season wrapped up. So make sure you go back and check those out on YouTube. That content is evergreen. It is still insightful. It is still applicable to the season that is around the corner. So if you want to hear from Randy Bennett and St. Mary's, if you want to hear from Leonard Perry with Pacific, if you want to hear from Lorenzo Romar from Pepperdine, or if you want to hear from Stan Johnson of Loyola Marymount, make sure you're going back into that uh, coaching interviews playlist on our YouTube channel. All of that will be there waiting for you. No doubt about it. Check it out. The WCC goes through one and done as a matter of fact. Pretty cool to holler at those coaches, and we appreciate them spending time with us, and we appreciate you spending time with us tonight or whenever you're watching this show. 
Make sure you hit those like and subscribe buttons. Follow those three names on X right there below us. And um, follow the show at one and done CBB. All spelled out one and done CBB. And of course, at get green screens is the green screens media page as well. We throw out some bets and stuff every now and again over on that page. All right, that's enough. Let's not bury the lead any farther. Get into the West Coast Conference. West Coast is the best coast, as they say. Now nine teams in the WCC after the BYU defection to the Big 12, making it, of course, even tougher. It was already like it, like they needed another quality team in the conference. But either way, last year, regular season champions were Gonzaga and St. Mary's, who split the regular season title at 14-2, and two, with Santa Clara finishing three games behind in third. In the conference tournament, the Zags absolutely destroyed St. Mary's 77-51 to in the title game. And the NCAA bids from this conference were Gonzaga with the three seed and St. Mary's with the five seed, of course. Ken Palm's metrics had the WCC ranked as the 11th strongest conference overall with four teams inside the top 100. The Zags of Gonzaga, St. Mary's, Santa Clara, and BYU. As we always like to do, let's start the headlines off with our guy, Eric the Blue. Eric, what do you got for us? I mean, like just as it as as it played out in the conference tournament last year, you know, this league has been dominated by Gonzaga and St. Mary's. So, you know, the 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 major question heading into the season is can anyone kind of crack that code, right? Gonzaga is out there without Drew Timmy for the first time in basically forever, right? He played like nine, 12 years in college or so. So, you know, with this this turnover <laughs> at the top, obviously very strong program there for Gonzaga overall. But, you know, there there might be a, a, a bit of a, of a window opening here as Gonzaga tries to adapt to life without Drew Timmy. Yeah, and we had the I don't want to say we weren't we were fortunate to, but we saw Drew Timmy's last college game ever when we were out yeah. in Vegas at the West Regional. Um I I've said for a long time I feel like he's one of the greatest big men in the history of college basketball, but uh this conference gaping hole at the top in terms of, you know, who's going to take over. Mike, what are you looking at coming into the year for the WCC? Yeah, I'm looking at the rosters, man, and Nearly 30 true freshmen are entering this league. That, uh, that's that's pretty crazy. Um, so which one or two of these newcomers is really going to burst onto the scene? Uh, that can kind of, you know, maybe not tip the balance at the very top, but uh, could, could shake some things up in this conference. So I'm looking forward to seeing all these fresh faces right out of high school and, you know, what they're going to bring to their teams. It's a circle of life, right, Drew, Timmy? Like Eric said, been in school what it feels like eight, nine, ten years. And now uh, he's gone and 30 true freshmen coming in the circle of life in the WCC, of course. Um, make sure you leave a comment. Let us know you're watching or hanging out with us tonight or whenever you're watching down the road. Just say, hey, let us know what you think about the WCC. We talked about the 30 new coming freshmen. Now let's talk a little bit about the uh, other incoming players in the form of transfers. Here's some impact transfer players, guys and gals that we wanted to make sure everyone was aware of coming into this conference in case somewhere, somehow you got distracted, even though we know college basketball never sleeps and neither did these players this off season in terms of moving over into this conference. So let's start with the player who was rated our number two transfer in the entire 
country on our top 300 over at drrodo.com that Mike has so eloquently put together. Um, it's Ryan Nemhart, of course, the guard that has transferred to Gonzaga from Creighton, the former Blue Jays, six feet, 170 pounds, averaged 12 points, four boards, almost five times per game, shot 36% from range, which is, of course, above my threshold, and 87% from the line. Mike, what an absolute snag for the Zags. Yeah, absolutely. A game changer at the point guard position. Look, stats don't always tell the story. Uh, led Creighton to the Elite Eight. And if not for a, I would say, a poor call at the end of the San Diego State game, it would have been Creighton in the Final Four. And, man, that was a tough pill to swallow, but uh, an amazing tournament run for them. The thing with Gonzaga, too, is, like, when you look at last year and some of their struggles, it was really the lack of a true point guard. And, you know, that's something that this program's been built on, uh, especially under, uh, you know, Coach Few here. And, you know, last year when you had Nolan Hickman and Hunter Salas trying to run the point, uh, you know, those are more combo guards. So, you know, getting Nimhart in here uh, is obviously going to be a, a game changer as far as setting the pace and setting the tone. So really liking what Mark Few and Ryan Nimhart can do together in this offense. No doubt about it. And, of course, the rich get richer. Our next player here is Graham E.K., transferring in from Wyoming, the 6'9", 250-pound center. Um, of course, was injured last year. Uh, Wyoming had just that rash of injuries that we had. We had high hopes for Wyoming going into last season, and they were just decimated. And E.K. was not immune to that. year before, though, averaged 19.5 points, almost 10 boards, um, Eric, this is one of those situations where as, as legendary as uh, in as legendary of a position as, as I specifically hold Drew Timmy you know, in the lore of college basketball history, irreplaceable almost. Um, EK is definitely not a slouch, but he, he's got to be on the floor here. And, and he's got as, as good of a chance as any uh, anybody in this conference to fill Timmy's shoes. Yeah, I mean, look, that was that was the million dollar question for Gonzaga heading into the offseason. And it, it feels like ages ago, but like right when the portal opened, it felt like Gonzaga was just landing haymaker after haymaker with their transfers. And EK is is going to is going to play a, a big part in replacing that production and leadership with with Timmy out the door. Right. Um, you know, in, in terms of his style of play, he's, he's not exactly the same type of player, but he can certainly fill in that low post scoring and, and rebounding that, that Timmy left behind. Right. We'll, uh, we'll give EK the benefit of the doubt and round him up to 20 and 10. The last time he was on the court, uh, basically actually technically all of last season was lost to a leg injury, but prior to that injury, he was voted as the preseason mountain West player of the year. So you know, a lot of high hopes before he he went down with that injury. No real reason to to worry about whether or not he can carry that forward. You know, into his his tenure at Gonzaga. And the last time that we saw him out on the court, you know, really answered any questions about his talent and his ability to bang with some of the best bigs in the country. Back in the 2022 tournament, he went out and put up 17 and nine against the likes of TJD. So definitely a you know a huge impact player a guy that checks a lot of the boxes that were left behind by drew timmy and gonzaga has to feel great about their transfer class yeah just hope he's healthy you know and and yeah. trace jackson davis is no slouch like this if if he's healthy this is an absolute game changer and is going to be again the best option to try to replace timmy's rather large 
shoes. Moving on to another school. That's enough for the Zags. No more. That's enough impact transfers. We're it's gonna move on off. now. Yeah, that's enough. Two or it's more than enough. Trust me. Uh, but let's move down to Justice Hill, Loyola Marymount guard, transferring in from LSU, six feet, 175 pounds, average five and a half points, almost three dimes. He, he transferred from Murray State to LSU, following his coach, you know, following Coach McMahon over there. And Mike, it, it just didn't didn't pan out for him. Yeah, what a what a weird year. Uh, he was coming off a first team uh, OVC performance of 13 points and five assists a game, but he just never really got adjusted in the SEC. Uh, we talked to uh, Loyola Marymount head coach Stan Johnson earlier this offseason, as we talked about earlier, and he's excited what Hill can bring to the table along with some of his other transfers. You know, he's losing star guard Cam Shelton. Uh, no longer going to be in the mix there, and unfortunately that scoring has gone almost 21 points per game. So Hill's scoring ability, he's going to need to find that here for Loyola for sure. Uh, you know, last year when you look at his his numbers, man, like he's – Pretty miserable from three last year, but, uh, you know, the, the previous year he shot 36% at Murray State. So that's going to go a long way in moving this offense forward and uh, really helping LMU try to find their ceiling this year. Yeah, Juice Hill, solid name, solid player. That You know, he'll, he'll, he won't have any problem trying to fill that void of some of those points that are gone. Um, well, I think Juice is going to lead this team in scoring on, on, mo on many nights. And um, is going to have to play well for Loyola Marymount to, to challenge uh, in this league for sure. Moving on now, down the list, Mike Sharif Jom, excuse me, the San Francisco guard forward, you know, swing man there, does a little bit of everything. Transferring in from Dayton, the former flyer, is 6'8 and weighs 180 pounds, average 5.5 points and 2.6 assists. Mongolian Mike! as he goes by on Twitter, made history last year, becoming the first Mongolian athlete to earn a D1 scholarship. Pretty cool, Eric. Uh, and uh, he's not hes not just a gimmick either. He, he can play. Yeah, to, to say the least, right? Um, he's, he's, he's a really interesting player, right? 6'8", six, eight, six, eight, 180, but he's he's kind of got some some point guard skills on that long frame. Uh, last year in the A-10, he, he got all rookie team honors. He's now parlayed that into a, a role with this San Francisco team. And, and what stands out is, as you watch the tape is he's a, he's a really inventive player. He's, he's kind of got some craftiness to his game, really good in the, in the pick and roll where he can rise up from the elbow or you can find the, the open role man. And a, a lot of scouts think that he, he might have some NBA potential if he, if he continues to, to develop, right? He's still a relatively young man. You know, he's, he's going to be asked to do a lot uh, in, in, in this San Francisco system right there's there's a ton of usage available to him so we'll have the ball in his hands a lot they can use him a lot of different ways there's, there's a lot of things to like about this player coming in shar of joms i'm here to say it so you don't have to shar of joms <laughs> we got this we got you covered and a little all difficult easier. man <laughs> yeah exactly um not a little bit easier to to get off the tongue here jalen benjamin santa clara guard 5'10, 160 pounds Transferring in from Mount St. Mary's, averaged 16 points, almost four dimes, and shot 37% from three last year. But Mike, he's a score. He's gonna. He's looking to score first, right? Like he, he conditioned a little bit, but he's a score first type of point guard. Um, not, you know, coming in from Mount St. Mary's might not have that 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 hype train in front of him. Might be coming in a little under the radar, but but Benjamin's gonna make an immediate impact uh, for Santa Clara. Yeah, for sure. Maybe a name that doesn't just you know, pop off the, you know, the screen for a lot of college basketball folks, but a nice stop and pop game, 
really good in the pick and roll when you turn the tape on. Uh, Santa Clara is losing their top three scorers, so they're in desperate need of this kid's offense, and he's going to give you a lot of it. I mean, you talked about he shot 37% from three, also dished out four assists a game. So you know, he's able to uh, to make the right reads off uh, pick and roll and really drives hard to the basket, which creates open passing lanes and, and can get other guys going. So, you know, Coach Herb Sendek, he really knows how to maximize abilities. Uh, we've seen that the past couple of years, and we should see that on full display from Benjamin this year. No doubt about it. Always looking for those under the radar players, sort of those uh, program changers, you know, the ones that come in and you're not expecting a team to to make a jump. And, and maybe Santa Clara, if Benjamin uh, can can maintain that level of play like he had at Mount St. Mary's, who knows what where Santa Clara can end up. Our impact transfers coming into the WCC, Ryan Nemhard, Graham E.K., Ju- Justice Hill, Mike Sharif-Joms, and Jalen Benjamin. All right. Make sure if you're hanging out with us that you leave us a comment. Say, hey, we see you hanging out with us over there in the lobby. Just say, what's up? Say, hey, what to do? Drop an emoji in the chat. Whatever you want to do, do the voodoo that you do to say hi to us. And we appreciate you doing that. Smash those like and subscribe buttons as well. If you don't mind, tell the hoop heads in your life what we're, what we're doing, what you're seeing here on One and Done. All right. Earlier, we talked about the 30 incoming freshmen. Then we talk about the uh, impact transfers. All right, all these players coming in to the conference. What about the players that are sticking around WCC homegrown, at least from last year? (laughs) 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 With as often as some of these players... Yeah. And you know, and, and we haven't talked about it yet in the WCC, but players that haven't received, excuse me, the waivers <laughs> that they thought they were going to receive, this is going to keep happening. So make sure that we're paying attention to that and follow us all here uh, over on X and those Twitter streets and the one and done account too. So we can keep you updated on all of that. But of course, like I was saying, let's hit those impact players returning to the conference Okay, of course. Yeah, I mean, why why wouldn't we start with Gonzaga, right? Like, of <laughs> course they have. Uh, this is never this is never ending. Anton Watson, six eight two twenty five, big meaty man, slapping meat for the Zags. Eleven points, six boards, and almost two steals. You love to see it. When I think of Watson, Mike, this is a Mario Ellie type of a guy, the junkyard dog that just gets a little bit done. And the Rockets fans. In the on your screen here, we got the Spurs fan down at the bottom. Of course, Mario Ellie played for both teams. Is that junkyard dog type player? Watson reminds me a lot of Ellie, and and he's ready to build off a career year, Mike. Yeah, he's a he's a guy that you don't run plays for, and he's a guy that doesn't mind doing the dirty work. And every team needs that. Uh, got a chance to really get a full time role last year uh, at that four position with uh, Chet Holmgren going, uh, and didn't disappoint. Um, the offense is. You know, going to run through guys like Nimhart, EK, you know, Nolan Hickman's back. We didn't even talk about Eastern Washington Week Steel Venters, uh, who's coming in as well as an impact transfer. He was the Big Sky Player of the Year. Uh, but, you know, with Watson, man, like those guys are going to do all the scoring. This guy is going to play the defense. He's going to clean up the glass. He's going to, you know, chip in efficiently from the field. Uh, it's just going to bring a ton of experience for Coach Mark Few. 
and he's played deep into multiple tournaments. So this is a this is a game changing type of guy. Even if he's you know well, going to average you know, twelve and twelve and six, uh, his impacts felt a lot more on the court. Here's the deal. He's his like his ceiling is Draymond, and his floor is Mario Eli. And either way, you're getting a player that helps you win ball games. Period. So uh, of course, you know Watson hanging around with the Zags here, looking to build on last year. Moving on down now to one of the better names in college basketball, Kelly Lupepe, the Loyola Marymount forward, 6'6", 240, averaged 13.3 points, 6.8 boards, and shot a smooth 44% from three last year. Give me all of that. Easily the best lettuce in the WCC, no doubt about it. Easily the best mop, but not just a gimmick. He's also one of the top offensive weapons in the entire conference, Eric. Yeah, and it looks like uh, looks like they got his freshman picture up there because my uh, my guys definitely got the flow with it now. So uh, make sure you're watching some Loyola Marymount basketball, and you'll definitely see that lettuce from Lupepe out on the court. And your your analysis, Jay, is is spot on, right? Like he's he's one of those rare you know kind of size shooting combinations that you don't see a whole lot, right? So definitely gives Loyola Mary Mountain an edge. And he really took a, a pretty considerable step forward last year, right? His, his production really, really, you know, jumped in the right way. He's now entering into year five. So you love to see that experience that he has under his belt, you know, a real leader within this team. You know, he he knows how to get to the line. He's he's strong enough to finish through contact if if someone's meeting him there. But also he's he's got a he's got a real natural shooter's touch. So, you know, that that again that kind of unique profile really just shines through and now as we profiled earlier he and juice hill make a rock solid one-two punch coach johnson was just gushing over these two guys when we talked to him over the offseason you know i I guess maybe if we had to you know nitpick you know there's maybe a question around whether or not he can do a bit more on the defensive end for them right individually he does a lot but the team might need a little bit more um on on the defensive side of the court but Overall, I mean, Lou Pepe is is someone that is going to be a ton of fun to watch this year. Yeah, no doubt about it. And imagine if he just he steps it up a little bit. Like, it doesn't even have to be a ton, you know? Like, if those defensive metrics and stats go up even a little bit, the difference it will make for Loyola Marymount will be, will be huge. Aiden Mahaney, guard, sticking around, of course, at St. Mary's. A couple of St. Mary's players here, back-to-back, giving St. Mary's some love here on this list an impressive freshman year for Mahaney who you know all right so Watson 225 Lou Pepe 245 whatever they were Mahaney's only 180 pounds right 6'3 but pound for pound Mike is probably the best pure scorer in the league yeah absolutely coming off a very impressive freshman year 14 points shot 40 percent from three uh there's going to be a lot of talk potentially about him chasing the conference player of the year type of ceiling here and it's it's warranted i mean he can flat out shoot it he has a, a very uh very unique clutch gene uh for this early in his career and he plays with a swagger and sort of kind of breaks the mold that you know traditional randy bendit grinded out type guards that you find you know the della vadovas you know even though patty mills could really shoot he was you know always seen as a guy that just kind of grinded his way through the nba so uh yeah this kid's got a lot of swag and man if he if he takes his game to the next level offensively, uh, St. Mary's is going to be very dangerous. Yeah, I mean, 
it's it's probably safe to say that between Mahaney and Mitchell Saxon, um, the 6'10", 240-pound big men for St. Mary's, uh, their play is going to decide whether or not um, they can win this conference, get to the tournament. Like the, It's on these two players. And after a limited role in his first few seasons, Saxon showed his full potential, 11.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, over one block per game. And uh, Eric, that got him first team All Conference honors. Yeah, and and well deserved honors at that, right? Like this this guy makes such a huge impact for St. Mary's, really on on both sides of the court, right? Like he's he's arguably one of the most impactful two way big men in the entire league. You know, he's he's got that traditional low post presence that really anchors this you know all world defense that um, that that Coach Bennett trots out there year in and year out. And the crazy thing to think about it, Jay, you mentioned him taking a step forward last year. There's there's still meat on the bone. Like this this kid can still take a pretty considerable leap on on either or both ends. So definitely going to be fun to watch him to continue to develop. He's he's not really a threat from three, right? He he's gotten into foul trouble here or there, but overall super consistent player. Like you know what you're getting from this kid. And you know, like you just teed up Saxon and Mahaney is now, you know, one of the most dynamic duos, arguably rivals that of Gonzaga's duo, duo Nemhard and, and EK. And and just the idea of watching Saxon and EK banging out over the course of this season is going to be so much fun. I, I can't wait to see these these two teams face off. Staying up late to watch West Coast basketball. I've been talking Nothing about better. it since we, since we began this offseason. It's something we're going to be doing a lot for sure. Um, and another player that we'll catch is uh, swingman Tyler Robertson from Portland, 6'6", 225, 15.5 points, 5.5 boards, over five dimes, does it all. Mike, versatile wing, absolutely consistent night in and night out for the Pilots, and another player with that experience heading into his fifth year. Yeah, running theme here in the WCC, fifth year. <laughs> so a very key piece for Portland especially with a ton of turnover in this program. This guy can flat out stuff the stat sheet. He creates a ton of offense. He transferred in from Eastern Washington a few years ago. You know, as his role has grown here in Portland, his efficiency has gone down, uh, but he's been getting a ton of usage here at Portland. So uh, I expect some positive regression in that department because he's a really good shooter. Uh, he's also super versatile, so that allows him to take advantage of mismatches. So uh, even though these stats, you know, you would take 16, you know, six and five, uh, there's, uh, as, as Eric said earlier, some meat on the bone with this kid too, man. Uh, if he ups those uh, shooting averages, uh, you know, a couple of percentage points, uh, you're talking about one of the best players in the conference for sure. We'll see if he can get the rest of the team to go along with him. So another player with the ceiling of like that conference player of the year type of, of, of a resume that he can put together over the course of the season. If he's playing at the top of his game, along with, the other impact players returning to this conference, starting at the top of our list there, Anton Watson, Kelly Luapepe, Aiden Mahaney, Mitchell Saxon, and, of course, Tyler Robertson. Coming on back to that WCC. Who wouldn't? What a conference. Like, there's so – college basketball is so deep now. Like, this is no longer the days of, like, four conferences – just dominating all the talent and all the coaching. And like we're seeing it. And the WCC is an example of that. They're not too far off from, from some of these major conference, major, major conferences. We obviously consider WCC a, a high major conference, but, um, you know, 11th in the country, uh, according to Ken Palm's metrics, 
with so much talent here. It's going to be fun to watch. All right, buy or sell now with my broskies in basketball. While we're doing buy or sell, make sure you're playing along in the chat. Let us know if you're buying what we're buying or selling what we're selling. Or just say hi. Hey, put hey, wave to us in the emoji. Whatever you got to do. Just get in those comments. Say what's up to us. Buy or sell, gentlemen. Going to start with you, Mike. Buy or sell, someone not named Gonzaga or St. Mary's can win the regular season crown. Uh, I'm going to sell this because it's the only thing I've really ever known <laughs> since covering this full time. <laughs> it just feels like the talent gap. You know, we talked about, you know, we we barely even talked about Steel Benters, and I feel like he's going to be a major impact player for Gonzaga. Nolan Hickman as well is great defensively. Uh, you know, St. Mary's with a plethora of players coming back and be strong defensively. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and sell this for sure. Eric, you buying or selling? Anybody else stepping in? Mm, I'm probably selling this. Uh, like like Mike mentioned, right? Like the, the, the proud tradition and legacy here is so clear. And, you know, these – you know, these teams clearly have a leg up in terms of the talent gap, right? We went through both the impact transfers and the impact returning players. Both squads were frequently represented on it, right? But they also have, you know, arguably two of the greatest coaches of all time, two of the two of the best program builders in the game, right? With Mark Few and Randy Bennett. So look, there there are some there's some frisky squads here in the WCC, but like I I gotta see it before I'm I'm fully gonna endorse that. And Jay, I got some good news. Asking you shall receive. Riley jumped into the chat, hit us with the old "Heyo, what's up, Riley?" Appreciate you swinging through tonight. Appreciate that, Riley. What's up? Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, man. If you like what you're hearing, hit those like and subscribe buttons. Appreciate you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for the comment. All right. Gonna have to agree with you guys. This is a two-team race, which may be a spoiler for our tier section later. But anyways, buy or sell. Let's move on. Is there a team strong enough to earn a third bid? Right. So normally two bids here coming out of the WCC. San Francisco, if you remember, a few years ago got that third bid. So Mike, I'm gonna come to you again here first. Buy or sell. This is a three-bid league. Man, I just. Do not see it. Um, you know, that San Francisco squad, they, they landed a 10 seed. And they featured a dynamic backcourt. And it's, I mean, it's kind of tough to find that with the remaining seven teams. Uh, you know how, how important guard play is, Jay. You know, you, you love to, to mention, you know, how much you watch that as we get closer to February and March. And, you know, San Francisco might have the best chance uh, to, to maybe with, you know, Sheriff Jumps and uh, Marcus Williams. So I think they have a, a shot. I just don't know. I just don't know, man. Like, I, it's really hard to see uh, a third team coming out as an at-large for sure. Yeah, at-large, right? If obviously, if some somehow something happens and some you know crazy conference tournament thing happens and somebody like San Francisco ends up winning, obviously this would be a three-bid league and it's one of those bubble teams would get kicked off. But at-large wise, Eric, uh, buy or sell. Uh, on there being a team uh, strong enough to earn a third bid as an at-large team from the WCC. Yeah, this one's tough because there there are some there's some real quality programs, you know, kind of looking up at that, you know, that the clear top tier. But I, I'm I'm just not sure if they they get there, you know, based on the the path, right? Like 
you know, they would have to either win the conference tournament and in doing so go through at least one of those top two teams, which is very difficult to do. Or if, if we're talking about at large, like I'm just not sure there's going to be enough quality wins in the conference to, to get there. Right. You know, someone would just have to have a, a very tough non-con schedule already scheduled and then really just blow the doors off their opponents in those games. And, you know, that, that path is, is looking increasingly narrow. So I just, I don't know if this is the year where we see a third one make it in. You know, who knows? Something, something could happen. You could just have these teams number and you could you could somehow find a way to sweep the Zags and, and split against St. Mary's. And then you go three and one against us. Those are three quality wins right there within your conference. Who knows? But I, I'm I, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you guys. Like it's going to take something crazy uh, to get that third team as an at large bid. Buy or sell. Herb Sendek Santa Clara Broncos did come in in third place last year with that third best record are they the clubhouse favorites for that same spot this year mike buy or sell oh man i love me some herbs and deck but i am going to sell this uh you know you lose first round nba draft pick brandon pajimski uh carlos stewart also transferred out he's going to lsu Keyshawn justice graduated uh, so unless like Arizona transfer Adama Ball, who you know I got, you know uh, I love that guy. Um, you know if he really reaches his potential, or just someone comes out of nowhere to go along with Jalen Benjamin. I mean, there's there's really uh, other rosters that I, I kind of like better, but I could see it. I could maybe see it happening. But for now, I'm gonna sell. Eric, put the script on them. There's got to be. I mean, Santa Clara. To me, it, it, they sort of fit that fit that bill. What do you say? Yeah, look, uh, I've I've kind of laid out my my formula for an upset as we've talked through both conference and March Madness tournaments, and I I think this team kind of fits that bill, right? Like Co- Coach Sendek has got this program really cooking over these last few years, right? You go back a year ago, and nobody was you know looking at Pajemski or Jalen Williams to become first round draft picks, right? So clearly he can develop the guys that he's got on his roster. And they finished third outright each of these last two years. In those last two years, they were 21st and 15th in three-point shooting percentage in the entire country. So there, I mean, there are five guys in this roster that shoot better than 35% um, in in D1 last year, right? So, like for me, if I'm looking for a potential Cinderella story, it's a team that can make it rain from outside, right? They can make their baskets count for more points than someone that is taking more of that inside-out type game. So. Look, it it would still be an upset categorically, but I I like I, I would like them to have a puncher's chance in a single elimination game. Yeah, I agree with you about Santa Clara for sure. Um, if it's not if it's not Santa Clara, maybe it's it's San Francisco. Um, yeah. I'm kind of liking what they're doing this offseason. Marcus Williams, Mike Sharms. <laughs> See, I said earlier I was talking it. I'm saying I'm here to say it, so y'all don't have to. And then I did. Sharv Joms. I'm oh, sorry, Mike. We're going to get it right. Okay, so Williams and Sharv Joms, that's going to be a backcourt that is definitely going to – it's a formula to win ballgames. I love that guard play. So uh, the Dons will be in conversations for this, uh, but the Broncos will definitely have say as well. Barcel, San Diego, and Coach Lavin's approach this offseason of completely rebuilding this team through the high school ranks. 10 true freshmen. Mike, buy or sell this approach? 
Uh, I'm going to buy this because I think this program needs to be completely rebuilt. Uh, look, just take your lumps this coming year. Uh, this can pay dividends the following year, and maybe you work the portal uh, to find some key pieces, and then all of a sudden you're off and running. So I'll go ahead and buy this because they do need to reset. Eric, it's 10. For, I didn't say six. I said 10. 10, 10 freshmen, Eric. You buying or selling this? I mean, Coach Lavin's doing his uh, his best uh, his best Kentucky impersonation with with Coach Cal trotting out all these all these freshmen. Look, you can you can win now with the with the transfer portal. You know, they they had a pretty good transfer class a year ago. It just didn't really seem like this squad gelled. And you know, relying so heavily on freshmen, like that transfer portal works in the other way around, right? Like you're not gonna you're not guaranteed that you can you can hold on to these these freshmen. So this this one for me feels like a pretty clear sell. It's tough, right? Because there's just so much unknown. You you don't know what you're gonna get. And Lavin, it's not like Lavin is not a good coach. Yeah. So, we'll we'll see. All right, Pepperdine. We spoke with Pepperdine's coach in the off season. Are they going to make the biggest leap from last year into this year? Will they make the biggest leap in the conference, buying Pepperdine or selling them, Mike? Uh, I'm going to sell. Look, I, I know they won, what, two league games? Um, so they obviously uh, have a decent ceiling when you ask this question. Uh, I just look at the rest of the league and who they need to kind of bump down to move up. And I, I don't know. I just I can't really justify it. They lost uh, you know, NBA draft pick Maxwell Lewis. Uh, I think that's going to sting. Uh, I, you know, Coach Romar, fantastic coach. I, I don't know, man. I I don't want to say it's impossible, but I'm going to go ahead and sell this right now. I just I, I like the rest of the league a, a little bit better right now. A whole lot did not go Pepperdine's way last season. Um, coach Romar trying to turn those tables. Eric, I got a feeling that he's going to. You know, I don't think this is a four-win team in the league. But then again, they only won two, two, like you said, two games in the league last year. So what are you doing, buy or sell? Yeah, I'm, I'm buying this, right? Like there's a, there's a practical argument of there's basically nowhere to go but up. So you know the, the odds are, are in your favor in that regard. You know, to, to be fair to, to Mike's, Mike's skepticism, they, they did lose Lewis. Um, so you know, there's, there's some talent going out the door. But you know, for, for me, I just, I, I don't feel comfortable you know, discounting what, what Lorenzo Romar can do. He's a fantastic coach. We've got guard Houston Millette and forward Javon Porter. They're back. These are guys that averaged double figures for them last year. Also brought in USC transfer Ethan Anderson, you know, got a ton of experience at the at the high major level. And, you know, we when we talked about him, uh, talked with him or about him over the course of the offseason, you know, the, the, he was he was super bullish on, on this young man. And, you know, he... He immediately comes in, Anderson does, as, you know, one of the more experienced guys on this roster. So, you know, still a fair amount of question marks, but I I, I like Coach Romar to get this thing going in the right direction. So I'll, I'll – I, I think it's very fair to say there's still question marks. I don't I don't think that that's, that's too far off base at all. And, uh, yeah, I just have faith that Coach Romar is going to get it done here. We'll see. Anderson can – I mean – provide that experience that so many of the coaches that we spoke with this off season, they all we heard it's how important experience is 
in the game of college basketball right now. And we're definitely seeing it um, there with Anderson and coach Romar. Last one here, buy or sell Portland. Those pilots, do they have the best chance to be a sleeper that no one is talking about? Are you buying or are you selling Portland, Mike? Uh, I'll buy. I'll buy this last question. Uh, look, I, I talked about Tyler Robertson, uh, all-league type player. Uh, you do have a bunch of unknowns, a bunch of freshmen, Juco, and D1 transfers. Uh, Alamami Cormoma, he's the next name that kind of jumps off on this roster. He's a grad transfer from uh, Cal Poly, he averaged 11 and 4. Uh, so I think he can be efficient uh, in this system. You know, Coach uh, Coach Leggins, it's his third year. Um, you know, he knows how to coach offense. This team was uh, in the top 100 in offensive efficiency. So, uh, yeah, he coached some good offense. Uh, you know, get a, get a few key stops here, and you have a, a star-type player in this league. Uh, yeah, they could potentially be a sleeper, so I'll, I'll buy it. 77th, to be exact, in offensive efficiency. A lot to like there, and I'm glad you got off your negative Nancy horse. They were selling everything I was throwing at you there for a while. Um, Eric, what, what say you about Portland? Are you are you buying or selling those pilots? Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll assume Mike's role as professional hater, and I will sell this question. Hey, hey, Actually, hey, 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 hey. Less, to, less to do with the pilots and more to do because I, I think the team – that has the best chance to kind of come out of nowhere is Pacific, right? These, these tigers and, and coach, coach Leonard Perry, he went from three league wins in his first year, all the way up to seven in year two. So they definitely have some momentum going. We talked with him over the course of the off season. He's absolutely locked into building this program piece by piece. I know that the three of us coming out of, out of that interview really had good, a good sentiment about what he was building there with Pacific and last year, they were ninth in the country in three-point shooting, right? Four guys on their roster shot 37% or better. I have already detailed my affinity for teams that can score the basketball from long range. So, you know, Portland, you know, bit of an unknown. I think that's why, you know, Mike Mike is, uh, rather why we are are offering up this question. Um, you know, there there are some question marks about, you know, their, their key starters departing and, you know how how this team is going to come together it just where we sit right now i feel like i've got a more complete vision on what pacific's doing so i'll sell this question because i would give my nod to the tigers michael candy's not walking through that door eric i just want you to know that for pacific yeah. but but I, I mean i get it i get it no i i get it i understand coach perry was was uh, really pleased with that step forward that his uh, program took so a little bit of that told mo Right behind them. Good old momentum. All right. A little buyer-sell action there with the Broskis in basketball. This wouldn't – it would not be a conference pre – oh, wait, hold on. Oh, we got a – do we have a comment there? Okay, what do we have there? Yeah, hey, we do. There we go. What's up? Oh, and then Pod, hey, what up? What's up? What's up, man? Welcome back. Or or girl, <laughs> as James said. Guy, guy or gal, either way. Guy or gal. Welcome back, MM Pod. Good to see you in the comments again. Appreciate that. Yeah, that AAC preview coming up next show. Gotta love that, Mr. Mr. or Miss MM Pod. But to finish up the WCC tonight, it would not be a one-and-done conference preview show without a little bit of tears, and not the tears that uh, I feel like Pacific fans are going to be feeling at the end. Not those two, not (laughs) T-E-A-R-S. These are, of course, our ranked tiers. And tonight we're going 
hotel, motel, holiday inn themed tiers right at the top will be the four seasons tier. Of course, ooh, that's that's fancy. Four seasons, <laughs> all right. Four seasons, and then right below that mid tier will be Airbnb, of course, and then right down at the bottom. Not that there's anything wrong with that, because as Tom Bodet likes to say, they'll leave the light on for you. That's the Motel Six tier down at the bottom of the conference there. So let's just run through here, guys. Uh, we'll we'll just talk about. Let's talk about the top. We like I said earlier. Spoiler alert. The, the creme de la creme in this conference is Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Anything we really need to add to this four seasons tier, guys? No, the talent no, gap that we talked about, right? runs through them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all right. So we knew what we were getting into with the four, for the four seasons. Up at the top, tippy top of this conference, right in the middle, a little bit busier there with Loyola Marymount, Portland, San Francisco, and Santa Clara in our mid-tier. Any of those do we feel like can uh, – you know, we talked about who can jump up into third place. Mike, anybody stand out from that Airbnb conference that could either, you know, maybe even somebody that 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 floor could leak them down into that bottom tier. Anybody stand out to you here? Yeah, I don't know that anybody can get into the four seasons category. Um, but, uh, man, I, I'll plant my flag, though. Um, you know, just after everything we talked about, I'm I'm really liking what Loyola Marymount's done um, this off season. So right. I'm gonna I'm gonna plant my flag and put them as the clear number three. Uh, wow, so that's where I'm at now. Excellent, Loyola Marymount, shout out. Let's go. All right, down at the bottom, Motel Six. Nothing wrong with that. Respectable, but maybe just a little bit of work to do. Um, Eric, anybody stand out to you in, in the Moto 6 tier between Pacific, Pepperdine, and San Diego? Yeah, I, I think the thing about this this league overall is, you know, really there's there's the two up top, and then the remaining seven, maybe at least maybe six of these teams, you know, are, are going to be kind of right in that conversation, shuffling around over the course of the year. I've already made my case for Pacific, so I'll say they are the most likely to upgrade from the continental breakfast to maybe the uh, the waffle maker available to them in the Airbnb tier. <laughs> I, I also think Pepperdine takes a step forward, right? So I, I don't think the bottom of this league is going to be as far separated as it has been in years past. Yeah, you love to see that. You know, the depth, again, of college basketball, it's, especially in these conferences and these these high majors, These this is a quality conference. From top to bottom, the four seasons are top tier, Gonzaga and St. Mary's, Airbnb, right in the mid, Loyola Marymount, Portland, San Francisco, pardon me, and Santa Clara. And then the bottom tier, Pacific, Pepperdine, and San Diego. We hope those teams can all find a way, of course, to work to scratch into those mid and maybe even the top level of this conference. But that's how we see it going here on one and done what a show here tonight all about the west coast conference that wcc nine teams of fun this is going to be a fun one guys any final thoughts on the evening let's start with my guy eric the blue what do you got i am going to commit clear-cut gimmick infringement because it feels so good to be back into these single conference previews we can really dive all the way in on these leagues get into details on these teams so 
Super stoked to have the WCC under our belt. Can't wait to kick off the next one. Mike, El Capitan, <laughs> wrap it up for us. No, nah, it's going to be another great year. Um, you know, some people don't like that this league is so top heavy, but it's two of the, uh, man, they're not blue blooded programs, but they are programs that have been built from the ground up, much like a Duke was built from the ground up with those two coaches. Uh, these programs really, you know, they, they set the tone uh, for this conference, but it's always a lot of fun to, to catch the late night games with, you know, Loyola Marymount and San Francisco, uh, all these teams really. So I am looking forward to another fun season. It's always try to figure out who's going to grab that third place spot and potentially get a, a third bid. And if someone can really surprise and, and, and take one of these teams out in the conference tournament. I think you can make an argument that if you, we use the term blue blood, right? And I understand what you mean by that, but with as long with as sustained as it's been at both of those programs at the top, you can make an argument that they should be considered in that conversation. This is a hell of a conference. We're going to love staying up late and watch. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. You're doing it for two decades plus. you got to be thrown into that conversation. We appreciate those programs, all the programs in the WCC, and we appreciate you for hanging out with us tonight here on One and Done. Like I mentioned earlier, um, we got the AAC preview coming up next show. Do not go anywhere. Do not go far, I should say. Hit those like and subscribe buttons. Turn on those notification bells so you don't miss anything we're doing. I am Jay Heinrich, the conductor of this thing, at Dr. William Cannon on X, at MCHotton34 for the captain of the ship of GSM. That is Mr. Mike Holland and Eric the Blue, the Baron of Bread of Green Screens Media in those Twitter streets at Fantasy Nav. Thanks for viewing. Thanks for commenting, of course. We always appreciate that, that interaction. Take care of each other. Tell somebody you love them. Have a nice day. Let's get this bread, baby. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.